Hello, my name is San Corris, and you will come to know me as a spiritual comedian, a hypnotic therapist, possibly a video engineer, but definitely an imperial designer. This is my story. For each of these episodes, I'll be reading my story to you, and then, as the amazing therapist that I am, I'll be giving you an exercise that you can try for yourself at home, and I'll probably be sharing a little bit of commentary about what was going on in this moment. So, here we begin. This is the story of San Chorus. Colorado Mountains, 24 years old. Tomorrow is my 24th birthday. I've driven down the mountains so that I can spend a few days with my family and friends. I meet my friends for dinner. My favorite spot in town serves a perfect mint mojito. It's just what I have in mind for my birthday. We start there and ha a few friends come. We fill a booth, laughing and having a good time and then we move on to the Mexican joint across the street. The group trickles down, and I have another drink. I shouldn't. No, I know I shouldn't. But it's my birthday, and things are finally looking up. It was a difficult year. I broke up with my on-again, off-again high school sweetheart. My best friend and business partner went to another firm and took a good portion of my business and self-esteem with her. I closed my business, moved to a new town, and started over with a new career, something I love. I got a new apartment, beautiful, and on the side of a mountain pass, perfect for my outdoor adventures and my new puppy. I've got a whole new life, and now it's my birthday. All of my friends are here to celebrate the good turn of events, and so I have another drink. We go to another spot, one where they play movies on the wall in the background and make fancy martinis. I have one of those too. Now I'm really happy and having a great time. Everyone loves me when I'm tipsy. I'm the life of the party and this is okay. Not too much. We have a great time. My brother's girlfriend tells me that they are going to get engaged. It's a wonderful night and I don't know who takes me home but I fall asleep happy. It's Christmas morning. I love Christmas morning. My family gets up early and opens gifts with all the kids. I get to hold them and love on them. My nieces are at that age where they still think I'm beautiful and they adore me. We have breakfast. Everyone is happy. I'm happy. I say goodbye to the family and take the three-hour drive up the mountain. When I arrive at the apartment he is waiting, he gives us a hug and greets us cheerfully. We go inside, the decorations are all up and the gifts are waiting under our tiny little tree. And no one knows about us yet. I decided it was better not to tell my friends or family so soon. He owns the place and lives upstairs. It was only a week or two after I moved in that things got physical between us. Now it's been a couple of months and all seems to be going well. He works as a sheriff's officer, and so I trusted him immediately. He gives me a new down jacket for my gift. I thank him and let him know I'm a bit tired. 
I'm going downstairs for a nap and then a shower before we go out for dinner with his friends tonight. I wake up. I'm sick. Really sick. Throwing up and dizzy. My sugars are high. How did they get so high? Did I take my insulin? I thought I took my insulin, but maybe I didn't. Maybe I forgot with all the activity. I crawl upstairs and I tell him I'm sick and it isn't wise to go out tonight. He gets angry. His friends are waiting. They've prepared a big prime rib Christmas dinner for us. And they know it's my birthday and I've been excited to meet me. He tells me we are going anyway. He wants to drink. He's been working several extra shifts over the holidays and the stress has taken its toll. I'd agreed earlier to drive us home. He needs to have a good time with his friends and I want him to be able to enjoy the holiday. I take some insulin and tell myself it will be okay. We get to the house and at first everything is fine. His friends are nice and we make small talk on the couch next to the Christmas tree. After a while, we sit down to eat. I take one bite and then run to the bathroom. I'm throwing up again. I try to take my blood sugar reading. The meter is not even registering. It just says high, which means my sugars are over 600. 80 to 120 is normal. 200 is high. 300 means get help. 600 means why are you alive? I'm dizzy and barely able to speak. I apologize and tell them I really need to go. We get in the car and he's yelling at me. I've never seen anyone so angry. He's mad because he had a few drinks and now he has to drive. I was supposed to drive and if he gets pulled over, he could lose his job. He yells at me all the way home, but I have no idea what he is even saying. I'm barely able to keep my eyes open. And when we get to the house, I grab the phone and call the doctor's emergency line. Rational thinking with high or low blood sugars is nearly impossible. And I know I should go to the hospital, but I don't want to go. I want her to tell me I'll be okay. No one is answering. It's Christmas. They've routed all the calls to the hospital. And they tell me just to go to the emergency room. I ask him to take me. I've never seen so much rage in someone's eyes. The hospital is 15 miles away, down a snow-covered pass. When we get there, they tell him it is a miracle I am alive, much less conscious. And that's the last thing I hear before I pass out. I wake up three days later. No one knows I'm here. I've never given him any of my family's information, and based on the way he acted the other night, I doubt he would have called them anyway. The nurse comes in and I ask her what day it is. She tells me. I ask if I can use the phone to call my work. I was supposed to be in yesterday. I call the office. They ask if I want someone to come over. I barely know them yet. So I say no and that I'll be in the office in a day or two. I hang up and then call my mom. She wants to come but the snow has covered the pass and they've closed the roads. I tell her I'm okay and that I have someone who will pick me up. I'm fine. I just need to rest. The doctors won't talk to me. The nurse just tells me I'm seriously ill and that I need to stay in the hospital for a few more days. I want someone to tell me what's going on. They ignore me. 
The doctor never comes, and they are drawing mass amounts of blood, more than normal. I have a rare blood type and was told by the nurse once in the past that they take extra to stockpile. I hate that they do that without my consent. And the doctor never shows up and I can't sleep and they come in every 20 or 30 minutes to check my sugars or to take more blood. I make half-hearted threats demanding that someone explain my condition to me, but they ignore me so I take the IVs out. I call him and ask him to come pick me up and he's still angry but says he'll stop by on his way home from work and will wait for me for a few minutes in the parking lot. He'll be there in an hour. The nurse says the doctor wants me to do a full ultrasound. They think something is wrong with my heart and they want to make sure it is okay. She says I could die. She says it over and over again. And I tell her, I know this. It happens every time. I have a small hole in my heart. And when I was diagnosed 12 years prior, they did the same thing, taking endless tests and eventually agreeing that it wasn't a problem. The nurse insists it's not the same thing, and she keeps telling me I could die. This isn't an issue concerning diabetes, and they are keeping me here for, well, it's something else. I agree to go to the clinic the next day, but insist that I need to sleep, and I know I won't get it here. She agrees to wheel me downstairs. He parked at the far end of the lot, and he makes me walk through the snow to the truck, even though there are plenty of closer spots. When I get in, he tells me how I ruined his Christmas. He's still angry, and he never gets over the anger, and in the weeks to follow, the anger becomes abusive, both verbally and emotionally. I go to the clinic the day after leaving the hospital. They do a full-body ultrasound, and I go to check out, and she asks me for my insurance plan. I don't have one. I'm technically self-employed as a contractor, and insurance companies won't accept type 1 on individual plans. She tells me the bill is nearly $8,000 and asks how I intend to pay. I shrug and tell her that the nurse told me I could die. I'm tearing up but still holding it together, and I ask her if the results show anything wrong with me. This is a small-town clinic. She takes a look around and no one is paying attention to us. She looks at me and asks me to tell her again why I was there. I tell her the story. She looks over her shoulder once more and turns back to me. There is nothing wrong with you. You are perfectly healthy according to the test results. You were not here today. Do you understand? You did not come in for your appointment. You changed your mind. I'll tell the doctor. Go home and remember, you were not here today. She clicks a few buttons on her computer screen. My profile is deleted. I go home crying and fall asleep clinging to Kaziah. She wants to go for a walk and is disappointed in me. She licks my face, wags her numb of a tail, and moves her chair by the side of the window. A few days later, a local friend explains... The doctor in the hospital owns the clinic. It is to his benefit to send everyone there. When I moved in, he told me he wanted me to remodel my kitchen. I agreed to use my employee discount at the design center to help him and said it would be okay sharing his kitchen while he finishes the work. 
Now, when I come home, he expects dinner on the table, and he expects me to buy the groceries too. He tells me it's a fair trade for letting me use his space while mine is being redone. He stops working on my kitchen, claiming he is too busy to take extra shifts so he can get the promotion. Eventually, I move out, and we go to court over the lease. He wins. He knows everyone in the courthouse and is personal friends with the judge. I end up paying him $4,000 on top of the 3000 I forfeited from my deposit. For several years, it is rare for me to pick up a drink again. There are a few occasions where I lose my resolve, but for the most part, I never have more than a sip or two. I hate Christmas after that and I make it a point to leave the country or be with someone who ignores me, ignores the holiday, and treats me like I am the only one who exists. <laughs> oh, I love this chapter. It's so dramatic, and it makes me seem so silly. This story is really funny to me. It was, of course, a very painful time, but... Thinking back about the first day that I met him, and I realized the other day while talking with my brother that this book is the worst of the worst of the worst, and it comes across as the most horrific part of the story, which is fun to tell because it's dramatic, right? But the reality is, but of course, there was an other side to that. And the other side to that was that he was such a wonderful man and so attractive. Oh, my gosh. I remember when I first met him, it was to look at the apartment. And I had been looking and looking and looking. And I was exhausted out of my mind. And I saw this ad in the paper. And I was on my way out of town. And this place was on the way out of town. And I just said, okay, fine. I'll stop on my way out of town. And so I did. And when I got out of the car, his boxer, who was all white and so gorgeous, came running up to me and just gave me the biggest hug and licked my face and was so sweet and wonderful. And I fell in love with that dog first, because <laughs> how could you not? Um, I had been looking for a boxer. I'd been wanting a boxer for a really long time, and that was the first white one I'd ever seen, and I was just, like, instantly in love. And then that dear dog's owner walked out the front door, and oh my, oh my, was he handsome. So we both played our part in that story, as emotional as it may have been. In the end, he really was a sweet and wonderful man, and it was a miscommunication. And I think that's what this book is all about for me, is putting it out there in the world that our stories are so incredibly one-sided when we want them to be. And on top of that, everything that we think about that we imagine that we focus on comes to be for us. And I think that you'll see that as we go through this story and through this podcast. And I'm really very excited to be sharing this with you. I feel like it's a long time coming. So thank you for tuning in. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thank you for enjoying my story. 
Have a wonderful evening, afternoon or morning, wherever you are. And I will see you again soon.